0: 1st, 2016. I'm Daniel.
1: And I'm Stephanie.
0: And you're listening to The Faithful Friend Podcast. Today, the topic we're discussing is Two Becoming One. Before that, though, I want to open up with uh, In Our Home This Week. That's our weekly opening segment. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to talk uh, for a minute about Uber. Um... I've mentioned before on the podcast that I quit my full-time job a few weeks ago now, I guess. It's been about
1: two months now.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> two months. Time goes by very quickly. And um, I've been driving for Uber. 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 <laughs> Uber. Uber. <laughs> <laughs> I've been driving for Uber full-time. Um, and there were a variety of reasons that uh, that I went that route, but um, I wanted to... Uh, briefly just mention two. The the, the first is that, as you know, Stephanie is a doula, and at any given moment in time, her client can go into labor. And the nice thing about being self-employed, because technically, as an Uber driver, I'm a sole proprietor, um, and I I work when I want to, and I don't when I don't. The nice thing about uh, being self-employed is that I don't have to call my boss and ask for the day off if Stephanie gets called in because her client goes into labor. Uh, we have two little boys. Uh, Joseph is three. Nathaniel's one and a half. And it makes it much more convenient not to have to uh, find a babysitter last minute. But. Uh, One of the significant things I've noticed about um, when I signed up for Uber, even prior to quitting my job and going full-time, it made a big difference in my mentality in the workplace. Um, I knew that if anything happened at work, um, I wasn't in fear of losing my income or providing for my family. And I've realized that a lot of people, they go to their nine-to-fives or, you know, whatever, hours they work in their day job. And there's this prevailing notion of fear that I come here and I do what I need to do, because if I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, so many people living paycheck to paycheck, or even if they're not in this economy, how long would it take for someone to replace their income? I don't mean for this to sound like an infomercial. (laughs) Um, but I want to emphasize this because I've come to the realization that I think everybody should have something like Uber, not necessarily Uber, I'm not trying to, you know, bring you on board necessarily, but, um, something like Uber in their back pocket, uh, We talk about, you know, diversification of funds when it comes to investments and not having all your eggs in one basket when it comes to, you know, finances. And this is just another tool to give yourself security. Um, Because what, you know, what would happen if if your job closes doors tomorrow? Or what would happen if, you know, there was an unexpected layoff? And we all think that could never be me that could never be you and you know that's just something that happens to other people until it happens to us right and uh this is a fantastic opportunity um i'm excited about it especially as a um a person who believes in the free market i like seeing movement towards that direction and um it's a, it's a way for people to ensure that even if they never use it um, that they could if they had to. Um, so I signed up for Uber when Nathaniel was born. Um, I tried it out uh, for a couple of weeks when I was um, taking off of work, primarily to help Stephanie. So I drove a little bit here and there. And um, I knew from that point in time that I could feasibly replace my income. Now, I didn't quit my job for well over a year after that point. Um, but what it did is it gave me extra confidence in the workplace. Um, it allowed me to be more vocal about you know, standing up for myself when I felt that I was being talked down to or taken advantage of. Um, I think the greater confidence actually improved my customer service. I felt more free to enjoy myself while I was doing well um, at what I was doing at my job. And uh, I just saw positive changes all the way around. And um when I did leave my job it wasn't with hard feelings at all and uh um well you know I won't get into the specifics of that but um they were sad to see me go and in a lot of ways I was sad to go but I wasn't bound to stay for the sake of collecting that paycheck and I think there's a lot of value there so that's in our home this week. And the reason why I bring that up is because I believe it was on Tuesday? Tuesday Tuesday morning. morning 2 a.m.? Yeah, around about. Uh, I was mostly sleeping, so <laughs> I'm not sure exactly. I don't know how much I remember. But uh, <laughs> Stephanie had a client go into labor on Tuesday morning. Yeah.
1: So it was pretty awesome. Um, it was pretty awesome. She texted me. I don't know why that. I was like, why are you texting she me? She didn't want to bother you. you yeah, sleeping. so that's what she told me once I got there. She's like, I didn't want to bother you. I, I thought you could probably come later. but um, So she texted me and told me we're, we're 10 minutes, contractions are 10 minutes apart. And so um, Daniel was kind of in that I'm not exactly awake, but why are you turning the lights on <laughs> sort of stage. And I said, I got to go. And he was like, do you need to pee? I was like, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't remember that at
1: There's all. a baby being bored and I need to leave now. And so he's like, oh, okay. So I just kind of gave him the instructions for the day. Because I am, you know, the... I stay home.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure I remembered every single one of them.
1: Absolutely not. And so... <laughs> um, Actually, you, you did get up. You did move the car, bring the car down to the front of the house and everything for me. Um, so I got up and drove to the hospital. And it was it was really, really awesome. Um, the client uh, it's actually um, a pretty good friend of mine. And we went to school together. So it was really exciting to see um, her family transition Um into this new level of life (laughs) Um, this is their third baby so it was really an honor to be present and she did an incredible job like that was so amazing I'm so proud of her (laughs) she did a great job her husband was a great support um and I think one of the best feelings um, this was the second birth that I did and I think one of the best feelings was knowing that her husband never had to leave her side.
0: Mm. Um, You you were saying that was a big issue with their previous birth, right? With their second child?
1: I think with the second child, it was kind of like not really being sure what your role is. And a lot of times, like I've heard this said before, that people think, you know, you're a dad and you just, this is your wife, you just know what to do. Um, Mm. But it's not always the case. And there's a (laughs) lot of things that like happen during labor there's a lot of things that like goes through your mind or doesn't like you could be completely prepared i mean in any situation like a lot of times once pain and stuff starts to kick in there's like the fight or flight and you just don't really know what to do and so um what my goal with this birth was was to just be encouragement to him but also make it to where He can just be there for her and not have to worry about getting ice or pillows or, you know, things like that. Like a lot of times doulas expect... Um, our people expect doulas to do this one specific thing but it's like we do more than just like help with breathing techniques or massage like we do that too but sometimes you just need someone to step out of the room and grab a pillow you know and and my thing was I just want to keep their their bond intact like I mentioned before that we aren't to replace the husband Mm. we're the husband's teammate and so um, if he looked like he was hungry, I was like, you stay here. I'll go to the vending machine for you. You never need to leave her side if her side is where she wants you to be. And so, um, so that was great, but it was also a huge relief to be able to just hop out of the bed, like pop up like ready toast and jump in the car and go. And, um, the first birth I did, I had to actually like wake up the boys in the middle of the night and drive them to
0: my mother-in-law and, um, that's when I was still working my full-time job
1: right or my right because you're already at work and everything so right. just stuff like that like it it's straining and I and I understood um, that taking a going into a career like this is something that does affect the entire family and so um you know if anyone's ever thinking of becoming a doula like understanding that when you're on call everyone around you is also on call and um, just being mindful of that and being grateful for that so when I came back it was awesome because her labor and delivery was super quick so after it was all over I called Daniel and I was like I think I'll be home before the boys are up you know (laughs) I think I got home like a half an hour after the boys were out of bed but Uh, I was completely spent (laughs) so I spent the remainder of the day in bed (laughs) and again just really grateful to my husband um, for being my teammate in this and just being encouraging and um, understanding like you did just spend your morning in a hospital Um, and that's tiring in and of itself and so yeah, you know, he took the boys and spent the day with them and they loved it and I loved it. <laughs> and so um so that's what happened in our house this week. Um but I think that also helps us go into our topic about um two becoming one and us helping each other out in our marriage, right?
0: Right. Uh there's you know, you said that uh, whether or not a husband is f- fully prepared to support his wife in the birthing experience or not, I mean, it's a learning experience regardless. Right. And in a lot of ways, marriage is the same way. Mm-hmm. We've been married almost four years.
1: It's month. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, uh, man, there has been a lot involved in our marriage. Um, We were hitting uh, trials from the very beginning and what we wanted to share with you today is a little bit of what we learned in regards to breaking through these these storms together and coming out stronger on the other side and uh, maybe some of the things we've learned and some of the keys to helping traverse those storms, right. right?
1: I would venture to even say learning. <laughs> um, by no means would I say that we are marriage experts.
0: Um, and at this point, <laughs> we're probably going to be still learning 50 years from now.
1: Right, which is awesome. And I think that that is an incredibly good point to just remember like when you're thinking about getting married People are like, oh, you have to know everything there is to know about a person You need to know exactly what you're getting into And um Dale and I were best friends before we got married And there's still a ton of things <laughs> that I'm learning about him every day And that's the beauty of it um, Yeah Is I get to learn more
0: so that's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, when when searching for a spouse... Uh, <laughs> it's funny, actually. This advice was first given to me by uh, one of my ex-girlfriend's moms. Awkward. <laughs>
2: Awkward.
0: <laughs> it's okay, you got the ring. Yes. Um, <laughs> she said, you know, one day you wake up and realize that you want to spend the rest of your life with your best friend. And... It took me a while to, um, to get to that point when uh, when Stephanie and I uh, were dating and then when we were friends and then when we were dating again. <laughs> um, Stephanie knew what she wanted before I did. It took longer for me to get there. And that's okay. Uh, because the dynamic of our relationship completely changed. Once I had settled in my heart that she's who I wanted, and I was fine with the thought of going the rest of my life without considering other options. Mm -hmm. So, um, long story short, we dated for three months. Um, I will be
1: correcting the facts as he goes
2: along.
0: Which she always does, (laughs) and it's very needed. Um, We dated for three months, and it it was probably poor choice of timing. Um, At the time, I was working a lot, and my, I would say my heart just wasn't settled on uh, on what I wanted in a relationship. And so after three months, we broke up um, for those reasons. And the next... Here's where I need your help. Year and a mm-hmm. half?
1: So, it was a little less than a year and a half, but yeah, it was... We a nice chunk of time.
0: <laughs> yeah. We, we probably spent 90% of the days together in that year and a half. Yeah. We were best friends. And um, a lot of people say you can't go from being in a dating relationship to being in a friend relationship. And even though our experience says that's not true, I would probably agree most of the time.
1: I would agree most of the time. I think there was just something supernatural (laughs) Mm -hmm. I would say about our friendship because um, you you often hear about people who like break up and try to do the friend thing and there's like the jealousy and the bitterness Mm -hmm. and the hanky-panky and all that but we were
0: sincerely. I have no idea what us. the hanky-panky is.
1: The touchy filly.
0: Oh. <laughs> See? In marriage you learn new stuff all the time. you think <laughs> I would learn that before having two kids?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but we were sincerely friends. And hmm. so yeah. I I really, really appreciated that. Um, friends so much that my ex-boyfriend f- referred to me as his sister. And that meant a lot to me.
0: I think we really needed that time. Mm -hmm. also to develop our friendship and so about a year and a half later um, kind of a funny story Uh, we had um, I talked to Stephanie on the phone I was in Emeryville at uh, um, the Wells Fargo and we had rented a red box um, I think it was a couple days before and I had rented a movie and it didn't spit the movie out the first time I swiped my card. So I swiped my card again. And it gave me the movie. Fact check. Mm-hmm.
1: You swiped your card, and it didn't spit the movie out. So I swiped my card.
0: That can't be true. That's what Because true. it kept charging my account. Uh, because... Oh, you're right. That okay, you it makes sense. Movie. So she... Yeah, so <laughs> Stephanie... Okay, so Stephanie swiped her card. The movie came out. And when we returned the movie, obviously, it, you know, credited... The, the return to Stephanie's account. So a couple days later I'm at Wells Fargo and I realize at the ATM that it has been charging me a dollar a day for a movie that it never gave me. So I call Redbox customer service to let them know what was going on and as I'm telling her this story <laughs> I'm finding it difficult this is just some random lady (laughs) from Redbox Customer Service I'm finding it difficult to describe the situation because I don't know how to refer to Stephanie (laughs) Um, I'm struggling in my mind because she's not my girlfriend so I didn't want to tell the lady oh my girlfriend rented the movie after I did and she she actually got it
1: Yeah. Right.
0: (laughs) and uh, yet I couldn't just say my friend because it just didn't seem appropriate like something about it was just very wrong almost like my spirit was checking me or something like that and so I just said screw it and I just called her my girlfriend and uh, when I said that when I said you know my girlfriend rented the DVD and it gave her the DVD um, there was something that settled inside of me and it was like Saying it out loud caused me to realize that, you know what, I'm okay with this. Um, I'm okay with the thought of being settled on one person the rest of my life and never having to consider again, well, what if I had, you know, tried to pursue this girl or that girl, you know, or does she like me or blah, blah, blah. Um, I think settled is probably the best word for it and uh, not settled in a bad way like I settled for <laughs> Stephanie but, Stephanie was good enough <laughs> right. but my um, my soul was at rest um, and so uh, just in case you're wondering they did see that the serial numbers were identical for the two and so they credited my account the three bucks or whatever it was <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I don't did I tell you immediately or was it a couple days later that I don't know Hmm. So,
1: we don't know when we got back together. Right. We just looked up one day and realized we're dating. (laughs)
2: Right.
0: And here's the thing. We were dating. We we realized this because we knew that we wanted to get married. I would say that. I would say I knew I, I wanted to marry her. Um... This is just my, you know, most people will probably disagree with me here, but in my opinion, there's no point in dating someone unless you know that you're okay with pursuing marriage.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, I'm not saying that you have to be settled on that individual like I was, although it helps a lot and saves you a lot of emotional energy and money, if you're the guy, (laughs) especially. Um, But... If you're not ready to take that step to say, if I decide that I want to be with this woman or be with this man, I'm eager to move forward, then all you're doing is treating dating like a recreational activity. And dating just has too much... It's too too much responsibility it's involved with it. It's too yeah. It's too sacred. It's mm-hmm. it. You know, you, you make yourself vulnerable in so many ways. Um, I I don't think that there's really a quality upside to dating if you take away the potential for moving past dating into engagement and marriage. Mm-hmm. So that's my little tidbit on that, um, and hopefully um, someday we'll have a daughter and she'll. Ascribe to that type of a thought process um, because that will save me a lot of emotional energy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, at some point we just said, hey, you know, we're together, we're in this, and we knew that we wanted to be uh, together uh, for the rest of our lives. We didn't know exactly what that was going to look like logistically, but that wasn't the point um, at that particular moment in time. And then, so that was probably in January, I think is what we at estimated.
1: The, yeah, the realization came um, in March, because I remember being at school and sitting on the floor and going, why? I'm texting you. I mean, why aren't we Facebook official? Because <laughs> oh, yeah, we're totally that. dating. <laughs> like, we're absolutely back together. <laughs> so why haven't we put this on Facebook? And the joy of Facebook—like everyone was so excited. Everyone was like, "It's about time!" And I knew that was gonna—you ha- know—like the world was so happy for us. <laughs> mm. <laughs> when we finally got back together. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think um, I think it was in March. Okay. Yeah.
0: So then it would be about eleven months later, we got engaged on Valentine's Day, Mm -hmm. and we got married the next August. Mm -hmm. Um, That's another thing Stephanie and I both believe in is very short and uh, you know specifically detailed uh, engagement periods. Yeah. and our, from our perspective, engagement is not the time when you decide if you want to be with someone forever. Right. That's what dating is for. Um, the only point of engagement... Is to plan a wedding. Yep. You can say it louder.
1: Oh, it's to plan a wedding. <laughs> that way I'm not totally dominating the,
0: yeah, the narrative. Yep. Yeah. Um, in reality, I don't see a whole lot of reason for anyone to be engaged for more than six months. Because... Uh, that's probably about how long it takes to plan a wedding.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, maybe this is like old-fashioned thinking that you need a little bit longer to plan a wedding, but um, I I even told Daniel, once we started dating again, I said, look, I want to get married in the summertime, and I want six months to plan my wedding, so you need to make it happen, <laughs> and um even our engagement story is built a little crazy but um but yeah I let him know that like I'm once we're back together I don't intend on us doing another two or three years of dating I think at that point I was like 26 years old and I was ready to settle down and start a family and things and so
0: and that didn't take long yeah the first uh the first year Of our marriage was quite eventful. Yes. Um, It started off with, um, I had my my last day at the job I was working while we were engaged was the day before our wedding. I worked that that last day and left and went straight to our wedding rehearsal. Mm Mhm. And then our wedding was the next afternoon. And the reason why I was quitting my job is because I had gotten a better paying job uh, working as a low voltage electrician doing um, home automation uh, in the Bay Area, um, which was a blast, but it wasn't long. How long was it, babe? We got married
1: in August. We started in September. It was like a month. It was like a month. I'm, yeah. I'm like <laughs> trying to calculate it.
0: It's probably only a month later. Yeah. Um, and the jobs just weren't coming in and I ended up getting laid off. Right. Um, you know, being the low guy in the totem pole.
1: And this layoff also happened about a week after we found out we were pregnant with Joseph.
0: Yep. So, we, uh, we had conceived a couple weeks into our marriage and... It was funny because we had people uh, pulling out their calendars and making sure that...
1: (laughs) Making sure there was no (laughs) hanky-tanky before the wedding. And there wasn't. There wasn't.
0: (laughs) Um, But uh, there was plenty afterwards. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so here I am, no job. Mm Mm-hmm. And
1: we also didn't have a car.
0: <laughs> what had happened to the car was the, the transmission,
1: tru- yeah, the transmission went so out the on the truck. The transmission had
0: gone out on the, on the truck <laughs> uh, while a friend was taking it to LA. And uh, we find out that we're pregnant. And um, a guy that I had been working with allowed us to borrow his car, mm-hmm. they had an extra car. And that car ended up breaking down as well.
1: Yes, I think God just wanted us to walk in the sunshine. <laughs> I guess so. And so we did. <laughs>
0: so that was, uh, that was.
1: That was some trying times.
0: Yeah. And, uh, thinking back, I'm not even, I think, I think at that point I started substitute teaching, right? Right. And that was just to, uh, to get by. Yeah. And I got a long term supposition that I was working and I was starting to really enjoy it. And then it was crazy. One day I just lost my voice in the middle of middle of the school day. It went from a hundred to zero in two seconds flat.
2: Yeah.
0: And uh, so I walked into the to the office and used hand motions to let them know that I could not speak for whatever reason. And Uh, they said okay and they they, you know got the vice principal to cover for me and then I went home and um, they were uh, trying to get in contact with me that happened to be the last day of my assignment but they wanted to um, bring me back and they were trying to get a hold of me and I couldn't speak, so I couldn't talk to them on the phone. There was no email to email them at, so it was just a really awkward situation where it's like, okay, my only option would be to show up and try and Mm -hmm. hand motion to you again. again? (laughs) Yeah, I I lost my voice for a couple weeks. Yeah, it was the strangest thing, and the rest of me felt fine. Yeah, and if you know anything about teaching, I was teaching junior high. You have to have a voice. So, uh, maybe that was God just closing another door. Um, got a phone call shortly thereafter from the boss that I had been working for right before I got married, and he had a, um, a new role at a new company and asked if I would come join him. Um, that's also the value of maintaining a good reputation in your workplace. Yeah. And uh, and I ended up going to work with him and. I worked for him for the next few years, um, basically. This was like t-
1: about a little less than a month before Joseph was born. So for our entire pregnancy, other than the short time um, working, f- doing the sub work, we were unemployed.
0: Right. And looking back, I don't know how that how we worked. did it. Um, we just, because we weren't, you know, we're not section eight, we weren't accepting cash aid or anything like that. We just had people that loved us yeah. and came by us and helped us out. And uh, yeah. and I was going to school at the time. Yeah. Um. So, you I know... I mean, it was a really beautiful busy. thing. Like,
1: there was a lot of times... Oh, God, don't cry. <laughs> there were a lot of times where people would just be handing us envelopes of cash or anonymous donations from church or things like that. I think... Um, my baby shower registry um i had about like 200 items on the list that i you know we needed for for joseph and by the time i actually had my shower i think i was down to like 60 or 70 things on on the shower list because so many people just gave us things um mm-hmm. just because they
0: knew our situation
1: um
0: and I think it was a long time before we spent any money on clothes or diapers.
1: Yeah, I think Joseph was probably almost six months old before we bought him diapers. And the only time we would buy clothes is if there was something we really liked. Like, even to this day, Joseph has clothes for, like, another year. (laughs) Like, (laughs) he has clothes until he's, like, four or five.
0: Right. So, we're approaching, uh, we just passed the half-hour mark. So, um, I know we want to keep these short. and uh, We do uh, want to talk to you about some of the lessons that we've learned in regards to not only material trials and mm-hmm. situational trials, but relational trials. And Stephanie and I are definitely still learning a lot when it comes to um, communication and establishing the culture of a home. Mm-hmm. And so what we're going to do is, this will be part one, and then part two will we'll release next week, and we'll get to tell you a little bit more specifically about what we've been dealing with recently in our relationship with each other. And, um, and <laughs> some of the difficult things that you can expect um, in marriage that will have an awesome reward as you as you work through them together. All right? Okay. <laughs> so we'll talk to you next week. Love you guys. Bye.
2: row won't you come roll with me? Slow, fast, full speed. Every sweet time takes us, hang with me down this old road. Only God knows where we'll go. Don't matter long as I've got your love. I don't ever want to wake up looking into someone else's eyes. Another voice.